Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, this is Jill Hamilton, editor at clearancejobs.com. Welcome to this episode of ClearCast today, where we're joined by Chris Ryan from TSG Federal. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. What we're going to talk about today is kind of like a scenario when a recruiter emails a candidate, how a candidate can be prepared for the different federal job opportunities that are coming at them right now. When it comes to the defense contractor world, Chris, what are some ways that candidates can understand who they're talking to in the industry and why might that be important to pay attention to that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just fundamentally, it's really important for a candidate to just have the proper knowledge to effectively evaluate, you know, the job opportunities that are coming in. And a big piece of that is understanding the audience and who you're working with. So, For the most part, it's most likely going to fall into one of three buckets in terms of who would be contacting you. Might be the prime contractor, uh, might be considered uh, the subcontractor, or it could be an outside recruiting company working with either the prime or the sub for the opportunity. So it's just really important to understand who is your audience, and that can effectively help you ask good questions to make sure that you're truly evaluating the opportunity that they're considering you for. You mentioned asking questions is like, how can you paint the picture for us on like how candidates might know what to look for in different contractors? Is it those questions or are there other things that they can do? Like, what's a good way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just kind of kind of go through each three. When you're working with a prime contractor, especially if it's a large organization, uh, there's there are clear advantages when working with a you know large company that is the prime. They work directly with the agency or the organization. They might have intimate knowledge about the actual opportunity and some of the mission and the specificities of the actual contract. You know, there could be some downsides with working, you know, with an organization directly as well. Uh, It could take longer to get through the entire process. You might be talking directly with the recruiter at first versus the program manager or somebody with more intimate knowledge about the actual program. So when you're applying directly for a job or you're contacted with a large prime contractor, it's important to understand that that process might take a little bit longer might take you a few additional rounds to really truly understand what the opportunity is before talking to somebody that has intimate knowledge on the program. If there's different ways to assess who's contacting you, what might be like the benefits of the different types of contractors? And are there ways that you can weigh in that might help a candidate choose? Yeah, absolutely. There's no wrong answer. There's, uh, you know, every organization that's reaching out to you for a job opportunity, I definitely recommend taking the time to hear them out and understanding, you know, what the opportunity is. A lot of it is how are they presenting the opportunity to you? Can they talk specifics about the actual opportunity? Do they know if you're working directly with the prime contractor, the person you're being connected to? uh, Again, that process may take a little bit longer. Are they able to provide specific information, you know, about the contract, what the mission is, who the customer is? Uh, Obviously, when it's a highly classified contract, there will be limited information. But instead of just trying to identify what's the skill set and do you have uh, from a technical ability, do you have the ability to do the job? Um, you also want to understand, you know, how many years are left in the contract or how many rounds of interviews do you have to go through? How much interaction are you going to have with the customer? At a high level, what's the overall mission for the actual program itself? Uh, when you're working with a subcontractor, uh, it might be a smaller, mid-sized company. It could also be a large. It can kind of fall in any one of those buckets. But when a subcontractor is reaching out to you, they might be able to provide 
uh, a more enhanced package as a whole from a compensation perspective. They might not have all the intimate information on the entire program. They also might have to get the primed sign off on actually hiring you. So you might not have as much information available, but they might be able to give you a a little bit more of a personal touch, especially if they're more of a smaller mid-sized company that's trying to grow uh, with this program. If you're working with an outside recruiter that might be more of coming from a staffing agency or a recruiting company, it's really important to understand you know, what is their relationship with the customer or client that you'd be ultimately working for. Do they have intimate knowledge about the program? What are some um, of the selling points with the program? What are some of the advantages or the cutting edge technologies that you'll be working on? What's the overall impact that you might be having on this particular federal agency that you'd be supporting? Um, if it's an outside recruiting company and they're all they're really able to provide to you is the job description, uh, but they can't give you any specifics. They're not entirely sure what the process will be start to finish in terms of how long it's going to take you to get through the process. Might not necessarily be somebody that you'd want to work with um, in any capacity when you're working and going after an opportunity. You want to make sure that you give whoever you're talking to complete permission to be able to submit you for the opportunity and you make sure that you're clear on what the actual opportunity is. Regardless of who you're working with, if all they're able to provide to you is just a job description and they can't answer any specific questions about the program, you know, for me personally, that that may be a red flag because uh, it might take mm -hmm. you much longer to get through the entire process. You'd also want to ask just a quick question in the beginning is, you know, if you were to be submitted for this opportunity, how long does the entire interview process take? And then once you actually get an offer, how long does the onboarding process take? Uh, depending on the contract, that can take several weeks. Um, if you're working with a subcontractor and the prime also wants to interview, uh, that could take several weeks to get through it. If they're working with an outside recruiting company and they don't really have a great relationship with the prime or subcontractor. It could just take longer. You may never get feedback. So really understanding what is their relationship with who you're talking to uh, and how much information can they provide on the opportunity. The more information they're able to provide and the more straight answers they're able to give, usually that's a pretty good sign that they have a good relationship and will put you as the candidate in the best position to actually receive a job offer. It's always so funny. Like it is those basic human relation things that it also, it can come down to, you know, like if you have somebody who's super engaged in the process, both on the candidate side and on the recruiting side, it's like you can overcome a lot of all those different challenges. But the human element is so important in all of this. It's the people that drive all the different processes. But one thing that stood out to me, too, it sounds like if you're coming from a recruiting agency, if you are very intent as a candidate of getting into a certain like government agency, it sounds like that could easily be a viable option, even if you only have a job description because you're focused on where you want to be. But when you're looking at the whole picture of like what company you're working for, making those different transitions in life, especially during like this type of year that we're walking through right now in 2020, you might want a bigger picture in order yeah. to frame that conversation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges that some people may face right now is if, if they don't have a job or they, they're really working hard to find an opportunity, they may think the approach of, hey, just submit me everywhere and then that hopefully one of these will stick. That can actually hurt you as a candidate. Example, if you're working directly with a recruiting agency or outside recruiting agency and they maybe don't go into all the specifics about what the opportunity is or they can't answer some of those questions, 
it's not clear from you at the end of the call, are they going to submit your resume? So you want to make sure that you give them direct permission. And usually there's a signed document or a rights represent document that you can acknowledge that you're allowing them to submit your resume. But if you were to do that, and then you also go apply through the subcontractor and you also go apply through the prime contractor, that can actually rule you out as a candidate. If the ultimate decision maker sees that one candidate was submitted through multiple avenues, there can be issues with you know who actually is going to represent this individual. And, and unfortunately, that can kind of push you to the bottom of the pile or uh, rule you out altogether for an opportunity. Understand if you're going to be applying directly for an opportunity or pursuing an actual job opportunity, pick a lane and decide, am I going to work with you know this outside recruiting agency? Am I going to work with the subcontractor? Am I going to work with the prime contractor directly? You know, when you work with that outside recruiter, you might get a little bit more of a personal touch. They might have a little bit more of a relationship, be able to have a little bit more of a follow-up uh, and be able to hopefully drive you through the process. If they have a really good relationship with the client that they're working with, they should be able to answer a lot of these questions on the front end and be able to provide mm-hmm. a realistic roadmap of, hey, we're going to submit you tomorrow. We should have an interview set up by next week. Then there would be a face-to-face the week after that once you get an offer. It should take about a week to get to your laptop and onboard you. Um, And then obviously, all the issues that come in with COVID, are you able to be onboarded remotely? Uh, Are you able to start the job remotely or do you have to be on site? It's really critically important to understand from a candidate's perspective, ask as many questions. There's never too many questions that you can ask. You you really want to understand what is this opportunity and what's the process going to look like in order for you to actually receive a job offer. Right, right. Absolutely. Basically, the major implication you're saying is if you submit to the subcontractor, the prime contractor and a recruiting agency, it basically can take you out of the running for that job. Are there any other implications that could happen or it just basically removes you from that opportunity? Usually it would remove you from that opportunity. Um, it usually doesn't look great in the eyes of the, you know, the ultimate person or decision maker that's making the decision because they might say, you know, is this person not clear that they were being submitted for this opportunity? And if it's an outside recruiting agency or if it's a subcontractor or if it's directly with the prime, you know, there could be issues with who does have the right to represent this individual. So you really want to make sure that you give somebody permission to represent you through the job process. And once you choose that individual, you stick to that person. uh, And that's going to give you the best opportunity to actually get the job offer. Kind of a little bit like real estate, you know, when you sign up with a realtor. Yeah. And I understand it, right? right? Yeah. Candidate's perspective, you know, you might say, hey, well, this, you know, the more visibility they have to me, the more, the more opportunities I'll get, but it can actually, you know, hurt you in a reverse effect. Right. And sometimes it's just flat out confusing. Like you don't really know who you're talking to or where they play into the relationship. So it's really good that you have mentioned that just understanding that landscape. I think you mentioned like different clues to look for of like whether or not they can tell you like the onboarding process or the overall timelines or who you're going to be talking to specifically. Are there any other questions or any missing clues that people can look for? So they're not confused or taken by surprise. Be like, wait, I didn't actually know that this was the same job but three different people were contacting me. (laughs) What can like kind of trigger or clue a candidate in for that? Absolutely. You know, regardless if you're applying directly to a large prime contractor, if you're working directly with a subcontractor, or if you're working with an outside recruiting agency, they should be able to tell you once you get through, you know, the initial conversation, you know, about your good fit, they're creating a profile on you. 
when you both decide that this is a good opportunity you want to pursue, they should at that point in time be able to provide additional information about the program. How many years are left on this contract? You would hate to start a job and then realize, you know, that the contract's up for recompete in six months. If it's an outside recruiting company, what's their relationship with the prime or the sub that they're working for? If you're working with a subcontractor, what's their relationship with the prime? Um, it's definitely appropriate to understand how long have you been supporting this program? How many other employees do you have on this program? Uh, and if they're able to answer these questions, even if they only say, hey, we've only got a few people on the program, but we have a great relationship with the program manager, we can get interview times right away for you. We can set you up and, and streamline the process for you. Here's what it would look like. If they're able to accurately answer these questions. That should be a good sign. The, the, really, the red flags would just come up if they say, well, hey, it's on the job description. Let me know if you're interested. If they yeah. don't have anybody on the program or if they, they can't really say anything specific about the program, they, they don't know how many years are left. If, if you kind of get the sense that they're really just pointing to the job description and asking, you know, do you think you're a good fit? That to me would be a red flag because that's the, the highest probability of potentially, you know, getting submitted into a black hole and not really getting feedback, maybe never hearing from that recruiter again. And the downside with that is if they actually do submit you and you're not clear on which opportunity they're submitting you for, you may find an opportunity for the next several days that you do apply directly to that can negatively impact you if it ends up being the same position. And the bottom line too, is that no one really wants to waste their time. So like a candidate doesn't want to spend so much time searching, only get a job description and no other information. Cause there's so many factors that go into making either, if you're a passive job seeker, there's a lot of factors that go into actually making you change from where you currently are to go somewhere else. There's just so many things that play into that decision process that you really need that full picture in order to make a decision. Yeah, it's not like they're trying to play hardball and get their best. I mean, some like sometimes at some points they do, but you know, it's the same thing is like they're really just trying to see the whole picture. And so it's definitely concerning if you can't get a vision of that for sure. Absolutely. And, so, and if you do develop a really good relationship, you know, with an outside recruiter, chances are they have multiple opportunities that they could talk to you about. They support multiple different companies out there. So there should be, you know, several opportunities that they may be able to present you for. And if you develop a really good relationship with an outside recruiter, you know, they're very incentivized to uh, try to find a home for you. So that, that can be a really, really good relationship. Whereas if you apply directly to the prime contractor, if they're a large company, it could take longer to get through that entire process. They have a lot of applicants. They've got a lot of open positions, uh, but it is specific to that organization. And sometimes that can take longer to get through. So for me, it's more about just understanding, you know, which, which person do you want to work with and what's the probability that they can get you through the process fairly quickly and, and actually get you to the finish line of, of getting an offer and starting a new opportunity. Yeah, no, that's good. It's impossible not to address COVID-19 right now. And you kind of touched on this a little bit previously, but what are some implications of the current pandemic situation that recruiters should be keeping in mind for candidates? Like when they're talking to them, like different things to highlight in light of the times that we're currently in. Yeah, this has been a huge topic. Obviously, this has been a main topic of all of 2020 and it's going to continue you know, into 2021. One of the biggest challenges that we've seen, especially when you're working on a federal contracting opportunity is you know, what's the clearance level? If it's a type of role that is typically completed in a skiff every day, that that can be very challenging. So we've had some, you know, contracts where we've had to schedule some folks in off shifts of, hey, sometimes you're working a morning shift, sometimes you're working an afternoon shift just because they can't have 
you know, so many people condensed into one space. So are you able to do this job remotely? And if the answer is yes, what type of information are you actually able to access? What equipment do you need to be able to set up work from home? How are you able to utilize a VPN connection to get into the network? Are there certain things that you can only do at home versus when you're on site? And what does that mm-hmm. process look like? I think onboarding somebody virtually is, it's been done you know, plenty of times in the past, but I think a lot of organizations have had to adapt to that this year. Are they going to send you a laptop directly? Is there a specific place that you need to go get fingerprints done. We, we've had some scenarios where we've gotten somebody through the process and they're able to work remotely, but before they're able to get access to the system, they had to they had to go to a specific location to do fingerprints and certain scenarios that might not be uh, close by to where you live. So there's been some travel issues and things that have popped up. So just what does that entire process look like? And then also once hopefully we can get COVID behind us and people get back to working in the offices. So when that happens, is this job going to stay remote or is it remote due to COVID? And then at that point, would you have to go on site? You know, what does that schedule look like kind of post COVID if you're, especially if you're looking at this as a long-term opportunity? There's definitely a lot of challenges that have obviously bubbled up in this space. And especially when you start talking about a position that requires a top secret clearance or higher, there's a lot of challenges that arise. So uh, they may not have all the answers to these questions, but just making sure that you're clear on that can cause additional delays and how much of an impact can you make if you're working on a cleared contract, but you're forced to work from home. And also understanding a candidate's comfort level with going into the classified environment on a shift, not only doing shift work, but also their willingness to be around other people, even if it's in this, like with, with safety precautions, like if they're okay with the safety precautions that the company has been making and their commitment to that, it's helpful for them to understand that before going in. So they know exactly what they're signing up for as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So bonus round, <laughs> any other key thoughts that you think could be helpful for candidates to consider this job market? Yeah, I think really just fundamentally, what are the next steps? You, you have a really good conversation with a recruiter, whether it's the prime, the subcontract or an outside recruiting company. You're excited about the opportunity. You have a they give you enough information to where you're excited. You understand what the opportunity is. So then what happens next? I think that's a critical piece. I think we hear a lot of feedback from the candidate side of it that they'll have a great conversation and then they maybe never hear back. They sometimes think that the recruiter is ignoring them or they're maybe not getting in touch with them. Usually it has to do with they don't have an update. So I think really good recruiters will consistently talk with you and keep you updated throughout the process. Even if the update is, I don't have an update at the moment. How long does it take once they submit your resume? If there's no you know, interview discussion at this point, and they need to get feedback to set that up. How long does that typically take? Uh, For us, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like it it shouldn't take more than 48 to 72 hours to get feedback. Some of these managers are very busy. They have a lot on their plate. And if they're looking at several candidates, that can take several days. But if they don't really know how long it's going to take, that would be a red flag to me because uh, they may not have a great relationship with that individual. I think it's perfectly appropriate and fair for the candidates to understand you know, once I get submitted today, what happens next? And then how long is this process going to take? How many touch points are we going to have? Do you plan to call me every day? Do you want to send an email? And, you know, I would recommend the candidates to share what's their preference. Hey, just shoot me a text once a day. Let me know what the update is. Or you don't have to call me until you get the interview scheduled. Here's my schedule. Customizing the process based on what the candidate 
um, is looking for and communicating with their type of style. I think it's fair and appropriate for the candidates to ask those questions. And I think they deserve to kind of understand what does that process look like? Yeah. Clear expectations. That's a helpful tool for all of us Absolutely. <laughs> to know what to expect, right? Definitely. All right. Well, it's really great talking to you, Chris. This was really insightful. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here and very excited to help in any way I can. It's been a challenging year for everyone, and I can only imagine uh, some of the additional stress that's added on the candidate side. So hopefully there were some good takeaways here, and hopefully they uh, can put some of this stuff into practice and help them out. Thank you for joining us today at ClearCast. For more security clearance news and defense information, please visit us at news.clearancejobs.com. 